911, what's your emergency? 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the PIO Podcast, a place to discuss all public information-related topics for police, fire, EMS, and local and federal government organizations. It was a good learning experience for a lot of us that, that social media is not real life. But we have to remember the media are very rarely a target audience. They're simply that conduit. Our words have impacts on individuals and it may not be positive. So just be just being thoughtful and mindful of the words that we speak. I think what's so interesting about this position too and this job and this profession is that um, every one of us is looking for purpose. And when we find it here, that's it. To know is that a crisis for one is not necessarily a crisis for another. This episode is sponsored by the Social Media Strategy Summit, the leading provider of social media education. They host annual events designed specifically for government communications professionals like you to help you build and engage your communities through social media. Visit their website at socialmediastrategiesummit.com to learn more and use promo code PIO podcast for 10% off of your registration. Welcome to the PIO podcast. Today we have Jessica Lopez Husky on. She's a PIO and an experienced marketing and public relations specialist. Jessica, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So Jessica, you've had some really broad communications background. So why don't we talk about a little bit of that? Go into your background. Sure. Um, I have a political science degree and I interned on Capitol Hill briefly. I um, was always interested in marketing and worked in the entertainment industry, actually, um, at DreamWorks and Marvel and then into the video game industry. Um, and it wasn't until I moved to Kentucky that I was um, kind of a coincidence uh, that I fell into policing. I worked at a the University of Kentucky Police Department as um, like a positive publicist and got to tell the story of uh, what the university police officers did there. Um, briefly worked at a, as a marketing uh, marketing manager at a all black security company AGB, and then um, worked briefly at the University of Chicago as a safety communications manager. All right, so how is it? messaging to a young crowd in a very diverse population such as a university how, how did that go well um it are you talking about specifically at the okay so at the university yeah at, at university of kentucky well i think that um this was a number of years ago not you know, 50 years ago or anything like that. But I think that the generation there was a little bit more open. Um, and, you know, this was before Black Lives Matter and defund the police movement. So I think that um, those challenges that exist today didn't exist then. Um, so I really just was able to find opportunities to create 
um, you know, we were really involved in Special Olympics Kentucky. Um, we had a therapy dog and there were all these really great opportunities sort of either that I created or that, you know, were kind of more built in or we just were able to do baby steps into, um, you know, getting the police and the community closer together. And another thing to point out, um, communicating for a university specifically, um, is that the population changes every four years, uh, or every year rather, uh, you know, 25% of the students, you know, graduate, um, so you have to really pay attention to your audience, um, specifically, you know, undergraduate is different than graduate students if they live on campus, off campus. So, um, yeah. So communicating crisis messages, uh, that can be kind of, uh, you know, schools, universities have uh, apps and all that other fun stuff that they use, but communicating crisis messages, you have to be very specific for young people. How did you guys do that at University of Kentucky? Well, we utilized social media, um, and, you know, we had a very strong presence on um, Twitter and Facebook, Instagram as well. Just used a variety of, you know, content, really, video, photo. Um, it's really important to be engaging, but also, I think, use humor and use emotion. Um, some of the best, um, content, best received content that went, you know, viral were times when, you know, I used humor. So for example, um, in advance of, uh, basketball, cause the university of Kentucky is really big in basketball, um, mm-hmm. coach, coach there has some, uh, players that go on to the NBA. And so, Unfortunately, one of the things that would happen, um, from the excitement of, you know, winning games and things like that was that couches would be burned. Uh, cars would be over flip, you know, overturned. It was just this whole thing. And so stemming on, um, I don't know if you remember, I think back when I was in the eighties, there was a commercial of like a frying pan and like, this is drugs. This is your brain on drugs. Any questions? Yeah, I took that. I remember that. Yeah. So I took that sentiment and said, this is a couch. This is your couch on fire with all these funny hashtags. Um, you know, friends don't let friends burn couches. What did your couch ever do to you? And that went viral and that helped tell that story. Um, in a, in a way that, you know, was sort of humorous and yet got that message across. That, that they shouldn't do it. Okay. I got it. Mm-hmm. So I saw that you call yourself a brand humanizer. And I wanted to explore mm-hmm. this topic and how you feel it's important in today's environment. Absolutely. So I think that, um, I don't remember the quote specifically, but maybe it was Brene Brown since she does a lot of research on vulnerability, the power of vulnerability. Um, but I think that it's really important to, for police agencies to not be afraid to tell their story, to not be afraid to be vulnerable, to show that human side, to show that, um, you know, that they're also a father, um, a mother, a sister, brother, you know, that there's no us versus them, that they're woven within the fabric of society, that 
Um, there's actually this one beautiful photo that I saw that I found um, on Instagram that I asked if I could borrow it. And it was the perspective of a son who it was, he was at the front door and his father was dressed up in uniform and he was leaving. And just from that perspective, like that shift in perspective, I think helped tell the story just with words and through emotion and through that photograph much better than, you know, anything else sometimes. So going off of that, and this is kind of like the next iteration of what law enforcement really needs to work on is branding is something that law enforcement doesn't, didn't give much thought to in the past. And now everyone wants a branding and style guide. Why is it good? Why is this good for an agency to do? Why is that important? Well, um, that's a really good question. And I'm glad that you brought that up because that's one of those things that I think people don't necessarily think about. Um, but branding is, you know, it's what it means to me is there's a consistency of messaging. There's a consistency of tone. There's a consistency of, um, you know, color, font choice, um, logo usage, you know, you want uniformity, just like the uniforms, you know, you don't, if everyone's wearing black and then all of a sudden someone's wearing gray or like Coca-Cola, you know what Coca-Cola looks like just based on the silhouette or the red or the white. And so I don't know if it's something that um maybe is in like our, un- our subconscious maybe. Um, but, you know, it's also, I think a, a level of, you know, you want, it just looks more professional. Um, it looks more thoughtful. It's more, um, I don't know. You can have fun and you can be creative with it too. Like for example, um, there were times that I noticed that college students had all of these stickers on their, on their computers, on their water bottles. And so I created a, a sticker of UKPD in, um, which is University of Kentucky Police Department in a way that, um, look like those old, comic books of like superheroes where it's like kapow boom and so just with something like that you have um not only the you know idea of like police as heroes but then you also have that sort of woven throughout the campus where you know i don't know it could maybe people might call the police or they might think it, it, creates, um, more highly. it, it creates a consistent connection, right? Yeah. And, and yeah, I, I agree. And branding is really, branding has gotten so important for law enforcement agencies. They have the same image, the same color scheme, the same font, because then it sets you apart from anything else that's out there. And it gives people, um, I guess it gives it, it's almost like a comfort tool in a sense where they see, okay, this is from the police department. This is their color scheme. I'm used to that. I'm used to seeing it instead of stuff being all over the place. Like it, it had been in the past. Yeah. I think companies in general are very protective of their brand um, for good reason. And they have a, you know, brand guidelines, which I think are really important that university or just that police rather have, um, you know, and just that what shapes you use, you know, triangles, 
uh, denote this, circles denote this, and just like all of these little things, these little details that might not seem on the surface particularly important, but I think, um, I think really are. It, it goes to your overall messaging as a department, I think as well. Uh, so you had consult you 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 consult a lot and and so you have some interesting um, groups that you you've worked with. One of them is the International Association of Campus Law Enforcement Administrators. And as a communicator, networking is key. What are the benefits of networking from your perspective? Let's take a quick break. When it comes to influencer marketing, there's a podcast that covers it all that you will want to add to your playlist. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. They talk about influencer marketing, social media, the creator economy, social commerce, and much, much more. They cover all aspects, including the creator economy, social commerce, the latest trends, the metaverse, TikTok trends, and that's just the beginning. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. Add the podcast to your playlist right now. Wow. Well, I mean, number one, I love meeting new people. I enjoy, um, I just enjoy, you know, usually two things like people and words. Um, so for me, it's fun. I, I genuinely enjoy it. Um, but you know, more than that, I think, It's nice to just think differently, you know, to connect two different things together to almost like what you bring to the table is a solution to somebody else's problem. Um, There's just different. It just sort of opens you up, I think, maybe creatively or professionally in a way that you know, you wouldn't get that different perspective unless you had that friendship or got to know that person through networking. And this kind of goes into my next question, emotional intelligence. Why is that so important to have emotional intelligence? Oh, gosh. Um, I mean, I think emotional intelligence is huge. Um, You know, just the ability to understand. I mean, along with like empathy, too, I think the ability to better understand the totality of circumstances, you know, context. I think that, um, you know, with emotional intelligence, you can maybe see just from tiny little cues, um, you know, someone's mental state or emotional state or, um, you know, knowing that they're having an off day and, and you can just tell from X, Y, and Z or just, the ability to connect with someone on a deeper level, I think, is incredibly important. And, and let's um, face it, law enforcement is in a black and white. You know, everything is, you do this, this is what could happen. And and life is not necessarily always that way. It's not cut and dry. Sometimes we have to have shades of gray. And I think emotional intelligence helps people better understand that. Yeah, I agree. I think... um I think inherently um, that's something that can be, you know, better developed. Um, that might even be, I mean, I, I guess I never really thought about that. And that's a really good, you know, point to the networking of, of that, you know, you meet people, you have these conversations and it sparks something new, but 
Um, absolutely. I think emotional intelligence is huge. And the more that you're able to connect with people on a genuine human level, you know, um, the more you build that trust, the more they'll call the police, potentially, the more they'll open up to you and let you know what's going on. I just think that it has really positive ramifications all around. Okay. Is there a book or an author that had some like influence on you? You mean professionally or just in general? Could be in, could, either way, professionally or in general. I mean, it, the authors and books, you know, they influence us in different ways. So it's just, I ask this question just to see what people are out there reading and experiencing. Well, I mean, professionally, not particularly. Um, I grew up, actually, Judy Bloom <laughs> taught me how to a love for reading that I didn't have before. I'm a, I've always been a big fan of fiction. Um, but I like listening to podcasts a lot. There's something called um, the Moth Podcast, which is real stories told live um, in front of a, a, a you know live audience. Mm. And I wish that law enforcement would tell their stories on the Moth. I think that there's something there that. Um, can lend more of an authentic voice and maybe a safe place to be vulnerable. Um, so, and that runs the gamut. That's anything from, you know, uh, there's this great story where uh, Ernest Hemingway's friend was a bullfighter in Spain to a little girl who's, um, you know, was in trouble or not in trouble, but like her teacher gave her a hard time for her shoes and just anything and everything in between. Like that's something that um, speaks to me as the moth podcast. Okay. So what's one question you wish that I asked you, how would you, and how would you have answered? Oh, <laughs> I always like to ask people their why. I think that um, that says a lot about them. Um and, you know, I don't have a dad who was a police officer. I don't have, you know, um, super close relatives that were in law enforcement that brought me to this space. I think that um, my trajectory is rather unique, uh, kind of roundabout, I guess you could say. But um, ever since working at the University of Kentucky Police Department, I mean, there's no other industry. There's no other place that I'd rather work that there's, there's such a, a joy. I mean, there's so much that I get out of communicating and building community and doing something for those that I think, you know, aren't the best at always telling their story. Um, but that you know, it's an incredibly noble profession and, and so many people don't know so much. And if only they knew and if only they saw what I saw and felt what I felt and knew, you know, the why and the how and the training and all that, I think, you know, there would be less distrust. There would be less. We have to do a know, better if, job of telling our story. We really do. Absolutely. And I think that, um, we're really lucky to be in this space too, that, I mean, in a way I feel as though 
PIOs, um, it's almost like an agency can live or die based on how well a PIO does their job. And, you know, it's great if you're a well-trained PIO that you've got a lot of experience, you're really good at telling that story, but then the flip side of that breaks my heart. Yep. Yep. It is true. You're right. All right. So Jessica, we're going to jump into some rapid fire questions. You ready? (laughs) I care about these, but okay. Texting or talking? Texting. Coffee or tea? Neither. Okay. Adult drink of choice. A lemon drop. Name a food you will just not eat. Hmm. Food I will just not eat. Probably liver. <laughs> I don't know many people that do anymore. Uh, what would be your superpower if you could have one? Huh. Uh, maybe like teleportation. That would be beneficial. Biggest pet peeve. Ooh, only one. <laughs> um, God, I guess people that think that they're better than other people for whatever reason, if it's, you know, power or money or better car or whatever that it's like, ugh, we're all just human beings. We're all, you're not better than me. I'm not better than you. I'm just as nice to the president as I am to the janitor. Like I treat everyone. Ask the same. permission or beg for forgiveness. Beg for forgiveness. If you could have coffee with any historical figure, who would it be? Well, first of all, I don't drink coffee. Okay. If you could have like... any drink you want with somebody historical. Oh my God. I've never thought about that. Um, I don't know. I guess Ernest Hemingway. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. Interesting person. All right. So final thoughts. What key points would you like listeners to take from today's interview? Oh, okay. Well, a little summary. I would say, um, I would say try to find opportunities for vulnerability to highlight, you know, maybe not necessarily struggles, but just, I don't know, just anywhere, however you would interpret that, um, incorporate vulnerability at some point, somehow. Um, and I would also say, I I think your idea of talking about the human side, I think that's kind of a thing that we need to show people that beyond being just police officer in a uniform, that we're human beings and that we have, we have moments of weakness. We have vulnerabilities. We have stresses. We go through the same thing that everybody else does on a daily basis, except We have to be perfect every moment of the day when we're in uniform. Yeah. I mean, I would also say, um, you know, look for opportunities to build accessibility of officers, you know, coffee with the cop, special Olympics, ride along citizens, police Academy, therapy dogs, anything that builds in opportunities for the community to get to know people behind the badge. I guess that's not something I particularly brought up, but something that I'm really passionate about. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, also take as much classes and training and read articles and, you know, improve 
your level of understanding of storytelling and and what officers do in history and and things like that so that um you know you can best uh represent the agency um so yeah vulnerability the training and also don't be afraid to ask difficult questions too like what's their why i think that um there's a way to tell a story that I think tells the whole picture. And I think that's incredibly important. It's not just, okay, you put together a coffee with the cop event. That's it. No, you, you know, write a media pitch or you write an article and you include quotes and you use the nuance of language that, um, you know, connects you more with the community and what's important to the community. You ask the officers, why are you doing, you know, why is this important to you? And I think little by little, as uh, we we are better at telling the story, then I think, um, you know, those baby steps are, are taken to just connect people. And I think that um, that connectivity is is huge. Okay. Jessica, how can people best reach you if they want to connect or follow up with anything they heard today? Oh, great. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, Jessica Lopez Husky, Jessica's one S. Um, email jlopez.husky, uh, it's husky with an E, at gmail.com. And I can even give you my cell phone number. Um, oh, no, you don't want to have that out there. I, I will add all of those, uh, the LinkedIn link and your email address into the show notes so that yeah. People want to click on them, they can and they can connect with you. Jessica, Absolutely. thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me. You're welcome. You have a great night. Thank you. That's all for this week. We hope you enjoyed this episode. On next week's episode of the PIO podcast, we have Alexandra Farkas from Cheyenne PD. Another huge thank you to the Social Media Strategies Summit for being a sponsor of the PIO Podcast. Join their First Responders Summit this April or their Government Summit this May. Learn more about confirmed speakers and programming at socialmediastrategiessummit.com and use promo code PIO Podcast for 10% off of your registration. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast to get notified of the latest episode. If you are listening on a platform that allows reviews, please give us a review. We appreciate any review, good or bad. It helps us improve on each episode. Until next time, be safe.